Welcome to the Heart Soul Wisdom Podcast, a journey of self-discovery and transformation. Moira Sutton and her amazing guests share real-life stories, tools, and strategies to inspire and empower you to create and live your best life. Come along on the journey and finally blast through any fears, obstacles, and challenges that have held you back in the past so you can live your life with the joy, passion, and happiness that you desire. Now, here's your host, Create the Life You Love Empowerment Life Coach, Moira Sutton. Welcome to Episode 5, La Bella Vita Lifestyle, Live More, Stress Less, with lifestyle expert Daniela Aradinoff. Daniela is an accredited professional engineer who left a lucrative corporate career in management consulting to pursue her passion for people. Having founded several businesses in the past, she is now inspired by energy philanthropy versus business. She helps women of all walks of life reconnect with their natural female power to experience true love, passion, ageless beauty, and effortless success. Daniela now travels the world and often settles in so many beautiful places like the Adriatic coast of Italy, where together with her partner, Massimo, she conducts her signature program, Perla Nera, The Art of Being a Woman and La Bella Vita Lifestyle, Living Your Best Life on Your Own Terms. So without further ado, it is my pleasure to introduce you to my close and dear friend, lifestyle expert, Daniela Aradinov. Welcome, Daniela. Hi, Moira. Thank you. It's even fun saying those words, all those kind of, you know, la bella. And, you know, it's, it, I makes know. You, it makes you feel very feminine and out there and just, just beautiful. <laughs> That's actually how I felt when I started coming more and more to Italy. I realized how deep the culture is in Italy. And that's why I wanted to throw some of those words. It, it inspires me. It brings romance. And uh-huh. no, no, I'm a little bit nostalgic, nostalgic, nostalgic to the, about the old time when, you know, things were slower, people had more time. Mm-hmm. So Italy reminds me a little bit of that. The time when I grew up was simpler. Mm-hmm. So I, I get that, like we're, we're rushing all the time and busy and we're going to get into that today because with this time with this coronavirus happening as we're doing this live interview today, a lot of people aren't comfortable with that slowing down. They're not used to not being busy, busy, busy instead of just being in the beingness of the present moment. I know. Tell me about it. But isn't it perfect? Oh, I love it. Um, I think that's exactly what we need right now. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So what is La Bella Vita Lifestyle? How would you put that in a, I, I know you can't say it in one sentence, but <laughs> give our audience a, an idea. What, what is that? Well, La Bella Vita, translated in English, is the beautiful life. But interestingly enough, if you talk to Italians, La Bella Vita has a little bit of negative connotation because it's assumed that it's a lifestyle that is lived by the rich and it's not something that people in the kind of working class can afford. So it's something reserved for people in more favorable position. 
But I wanted to have fun with that and turn it around because to me, beautiful life has never been dependent on money and it's more of a mindset. Mm. So I believe it's money. Sometimes an excess of money can even spoil it for you. Um, when I was in India, I actually made a point to go to places that are very, very poor. And then I stayed in very uh, luxurious, you know, posh look, hotels. And what I noticed that in the places that were really poor, people were healthy. People were really, you know, they, they, they moved more, they ate less. And the places that I went, which were expensive, I saw a little bit of the pandemic we have in North America where people have, you know, overdone it with food. And I I think human nature, we have this tendency to indulge. And uh, sometimes money works against us. So um, the Bella Vita lifestyle, uh, often I struggled explaining it to people, especially in North America. So I found a really easy way to explain the Bella Vita lifestyle, and it's um, it, and I explain it to you in terms that Canadian and American people can understand, and I I use the American dream as a reference because we all know about the American dream. But the reason they call it a dream is because you must be sleeping <laughs> to believe in it, right? So. <laughs> What Bella Vita lifestyle is, to me, is everything that the American dream is not. So it's not about borrowing yourself to a point where you're constantly stressed thinking about bills. It's not about being buying the biggest piece of real estate that the bank can lend you money for. It's not about um, running a multi-million dollar business that one day will bring you the satisfaction that you're hoping for so you can start living. It's not about finding a strategy or trick to sell more products to more people. And it's really about owning less and living more in the now, focusing Mm -hmm. more on enjoyment and less on possession, less on... um, Materialism. Less on materialism, less on consumerism. And it Mm -hmm. comes natural to the Italian people because if you try to explain that to the people of Italy, they would think you're crazy. (laughs) Like, why would you even talk about it? But it's really important for us in North America to, to see how slowing down actually can bring us more satisfaction. And that's where spirituality comes in, like either meditating or walking in nature or just being quiet. <laughs> and, and just being, like being. you said, we, we have problem just being. We are trained Do- to be constant doers in yes. North America. Doing, doing, and doing. I had some issue with that myself when I first started spending more time in Italy. I didn't know what to do with myself. But I'm very proud to confess now I can do... Dolce for niente. That's the sweetness of doing nothing. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love that. I'm okay with it. Or just sitting. I, I know we have a beautiful willow tree behind us. And I sometimes I just, with gratitude, I talk to my trees and my birds and animals. <laughs> um, yeah. But, you know, I thank the willow tree for her wisdom. And she's there for, 
in her vision and dreams and just thank her for her beauty and and the birds that come by. I take the moment to just watch them out of, you know, being so thankful that they're yes. part of our whole life. I love this idea about living a minimalist lifestyle. I'm not there yet, but I'll tell you, <laughs> it's somewhere that I'm heading. Um, for me, it's probably going to be on that sailboat. But for you, both of you, you both left these lucrative corporate careers, you and Massimo, and jumped into this whole area of simplicity and enjoying the life. How did you do that? How did you make that leap? Well, I wish I could say there is a formula to do it, <laughs> but I think everybody finds their own. Yes. For us, it wasn't actually a direct transition out of corporate. Massimo never had a corporate job. He's always done a business. And after I exited my corporate career, I run a business for a while as well. So I think it's not so much about having a leap of faith, but it's more of a transition from certainty to less certainty and to no certainty at all. And I know a lot of people have, like we all have different tolerance for certainty, right? Mm -hmm. Certainty versus uncertainty, you, you find your own tolerance. But especially, as you mentioned right now, where is the certainty? In We're in uncertain times right times, now. right? So mm -hmm. certainty, I think, is, is just an illusion. We, we never really have certainty. So the more we learn to live with uncertainty and be okay with it, I think the more you can live that uh, lifestyle of you know, freedom and adventure and, and, and you know, trust in the present and know that tomorrow is going to be okay. I think that's wonderful. And right now I'm rereading many of the books from Eckhart Tolle and The Power of Now um, and Cliff, my soulmate partner. <laughs> um, he's also reading it that I love that he talks about the past. When you think about the past, you're doing it now. When you think about the future yes. or the uncertainty of the future or worrying, you're doing it now. So you only have now. So just be present. And for me, it's always to be in gratitude and be focused on that with intention of now what it is you want to create in the moment. It could be a beautiful meal. Listen to, you know, some music. Cliff and I, when I'm cooking, I'll have music on now with my Hey Google, which I love. <laughs> and, you know, we'll both dance. And that's being in the now. Yeah. Totally. And I, I love that. Uh, certainty to uncertainty to no certainty. Now, that could be very scary for a lot of people. Seeing that right now, a lot of people are very anxious in this uncertainty that they're feeling right now and the fear that's coming up for them. Yes, totally. And then for us, for me especially, I, I think certainty is a big deal when you have a corporate job because mm -hmm. that's that's really the most certain thing you can have. It's this, uh, you know, continuous paycheck and you have benefits and you have your life kind of taken care. But as we all know, a job is never really certain because you can lose it. It's, it's an illusion of certainty. So I think what helped us um, to, to get to your point about the advice we can give to other people would be really scaling down and embracing a minimal, minimalistic lifestyle because the stress comes from expanding yourself to a level where two people have to work to, you know, to, to sustain your lifestyle. And once you start scaling down, you realize that life can be a lot more stress-free. And 
the, the added benefit is that life can be a lot more enjoyable because once we start piling up, I find that in North America, we, we just have too much stuff. We're surrounded with stuff. We have houses full of stuff. We have, it's just so much clutter that Closets it creates or in, your, or something. in your mind, in your brain. Mm-hmm. Like you've moved several times. I moved at least 10 times in Canada. And every time we scaled down and we scaled down when we sold things and we donated things and there's no end to it. Like we're surrounded with so much stuff. So scaling down and embracing like now we really have to think twice. If we want to buy something, we really, really assess it. Not from a point of can we afford it, but from a point of do we really want it? Do we we're really doing, want it? Maintain we're doing it? the same thing. Yes. So I think it just comes down to conscious choices. Yes. And, you know, and obviously there is phases in life where you can do more of that. There's phases in life where you may need more material stuff if you're raising young kids and you have a family and you know you're in, in more action and more need. But I find that the minimalistic lifestyle has given me a peace of mind, the ability to focus on what matters, uh, declutter my mind. And the, the biggest benefit is actually uh, something you mentioned in the beginning is the energy philanthropy is a new concept, which I'm only able to embrace now because I don't have a lot of expenses. I've been very careful not to add expenses to my list so because of that i'm able to help people without stressing whether they can afford to pay me or not so let's go into that a bit deeper um if you can explain this spiritual energy philanthropy versus business i want to hear a bit more about that and then get into the female masculine energy in business so let's start with what is that because most people would never have heard of this i think Well, it's a new concept for me as well. And I want to credit the person who introduced that to me. Her name is um, Marina Jacobi. And I encourage you to look her up. She's a channel. But um, she she works with the Council of Nine. And this is the, 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 the energy of the future. But I had always felt this inside of me. When I had a business, I really struggled with the idea that I have to, like marketing has always felt to me, uh, I don't want to say that uh, selling is wrong, but I always had issues with marketing where I have to trick people into buying a product. I want selling to be authentic. I want people to really put their focus and energy in something that's going to help them and move them forward. But energy philanthropy takes it one step farther and it says trust in the universe that when you give something, because money is energy, right? So it's always an energetic exchange. When you give something, something will come back to you and it may not come back from the same person, but it will come back to you and you would have what you need to sustain your lifestyle. That's basically energy philanthropy. So whatever I have, I'm willing to share freely with the world. And 
I trust that I will be rewarded for it in some shape and form, maybe from the same person, maybe it will come from somewhere else. But what I'm saying is being in a position to not stress about where my next paycheck is going to come from has made it more easy for me to embrace the energy philanthropy. So people who are not in the position, they do need that paycheck and that you would just maybe give them that advice you said earlier, scale down, start you know, looking at if you're going to purchase something, be very conscious of it. What what is that bringing into your life? You know, not debt, <laughs> um, and and start like you said, scaling down, getting simpler in your uh, ways of being every day to get to this place that you can be in philanthropy and this energy you're talking about. Well, I think budgeting is definitely a skill, but it's not so difficult if you think about it. Maybe it comes down, I, I think now is a good time for people to look at their lifestyle and yes. figure out what is it that I truly need. Um, we haven't been traveling and we haven't died yet. We haven't been going out to restaurants and we're still alive. We haven't been socializing. So because a lot of our uh, wants are minimized right now, I think it's a good time to look at what is truly needed. And when you do your budgeting, you start with needs, then you start adding your wants. So needs are very basic. It's your shelter and your food, right? So once you take care of that, you can start adding your wants, but you want to be very careful what are you willing to pay for your wants. And Ultimately, people pay with their lives because we convince ourselves that we have to stay in a job that is draining our energy just because we need to afford certain lifestyle. And I I see that as an oxymoron because if a job is draining your energy, you're not getting it back by buying more stuff. Personally, I would prefer to minimize my needs and have more time for me, more time to contemplate nature and the universe. But that's my personal choice, right? So everybody has to take a look at themselves and decide what is it that I truly need in life? Am I willing to pay with my time, my energy, my health, my family in order to, you know, bring in more material goods into my life? And I don't even own a phone anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm very happy not having a phone connected to me all the time. Daniela, I, I do believe, like you're saying, for people to really figure out what they truly want, that I believe there's a gift in every moment, even in the challenges we're going through right now. Yes, there's horrific things happening, people leaving the planet and families in you know despair in that, for sure. Um, on the other side, there's this opportunity, this gift to really discover what is it you truly want? Do you want to go back to that job? Maybe you have time right now to learn a new skill or have that time to start, you know, exploring some passions that you have and how could you turn that into maybe um, a vehicle for your business to help others? And I think in every moment too, if people ask, how can I be a service that shifts their state from being in this anxious state of fear to how can I help somebody today? It just shifts the whole way that we look at our life. And I want to ask you, so what does your day-to-day life look like for you and Massimo? 
You get up in the morning, <laughs> you have like coffee, do you? You, you want the quarantine type of a day or the actual day? Which I don't think actually it changes very much, but we start our day with, um, we drink lemon water in the morning. Yes, I don't I know have. if that's something you're familiar with, but it's I have it right now. Fantastic. So we usually drink that before we have our coffee and then we spend some time meditation or something, you know, to, to, to basically focus your day. Massimo likes to catch up on the news. I don't really care about the news. So I, I do some meditation. I chat with my mom online. And oh, that's uh, nice with some friends so up until 10 o'clock we have time for that then after 10 if we're not in quarantine we walk down to the beach and it's a beautiful walk it's about 45 minute walk through olive trees and great wines like Mm. really beautiful and i consider my walk part of it's 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 a really important part of my life i was talking to a friend of mine from new york and she owns a property in italy and she said but she feels guilty when she doesn't do something productive every day and i thought about it and i felt i i, I honestly feel guilty if i don't take my walk if i don't walk and see the the, the ocean every day i feel like i I haven't done something good for me today. Mm-hmm. So walking down to the beach is between 10 and 11. Then I spend about a couple of hours down and we, I, I may read some book or I may do some work for a couple of hours. We have a place down on the beach uh, with Massimo's brother. And then we come back up for lunch around one o'clock. It's religious. Uh, lunch is a very important thing in Italy. So people have a bigger lunch than dinner. And after lunch, people rest. So until it's a siesta. Yeah, it's a siesta time. Smart, which smart. I I have gone accustomed to, and uh, I'm religiously protecting my siesta, so I'm <laughs> not scheduling anything between two and three after my lunch. And then three to six, I do some work again. It could be something uh, like I do online courses, I write stuff, I may read something new. Mm-hmm. And then after six, we try to sneak out and do another hour or two walking with some beautiful sites that we like to walk to dinner movie and that's about it sounds nice if, if we don't <laughs> travel so my point is again really everybody designs their own day and i think as human beings we can assess how much how much productive versus non-productive and what's like i was talking to a friend of massimo here in italy everybody is a philosopher and he said to me daniela tell me who decided that human beings should work eight hours a day because if you work eight hours a day when is the time for romance and love when is time to write poetry when is the time to you know explore art and music and 
all this stuff that really fills your soul. So I think it really it comes down to making personal choices. And once you have scaled down your life, you can embrace more art and more beauty. And you don't have to make your whole day be about being productive and, you know, producing something that you can sell. Well, I think, again, in this time that we're talking about, that's exactly, people aren't traveling, a lot of people travel one to two hours to their work and then back four hours out of their day, versus now they can look at this. But it's a new, it's a new habit. But even if you take one step at a time and start incorporating those little gems and creating this new, you know, wiring in your brain, that you start doing things differently. Yes. So I I agree too, like living, you know, I I created a program years ago, which was create your life by design. And I think you have very similar because we're very similar to that. And that's exactly it. We're the, we're the directors of our life and our story and what we tell ourselves and others and create a powerful story. So we are inspired and empowered because that's what this show is about to inspire our listeners and empower them to live their best life on their terms and not compare your life to somewhere, someone else. And to hear your path, that's a choice. So people can start thinking, oh, maybe that's a choice for me. What is ageless beauty? And ageless <laughs> you talk beauty. about this. <laughs> How do you define it? It sounds really nice. Ageless beauty. <laughs> it is beauty. I, I think, well, that's part of my uh, female power program. It's, it's a series of programs. But since I've started focusing on femininity and female power, and I started learning. It, it's actually nothing new, um, but in this modern day and age, it's interesting that we have to teach women how to be feminine. So I, I've started, uh, as I mentioned to you, in India, and um, I've looked for ancient knowledge and women used to know that. It is actually even written in the scriptures that um, women are born as a woman and men are built so what that means is that women are actually feminine energy is all around us feminine energy is a state and so when you look at babies little boys they they have more feminine energy they're not really developed into being a man yet so for a man to become for a boy to become a man, he masculine energy grows through overcoming challenges. And in the past, the tribes, they used to have rituals where a boy had to, to become present to his masculinity, to his power. They, in the tribes, they had to kill a wild animal, and that signifies that now there are a man. So going back to feminine masculine and I will talk about the ageless beauty, but it's it's linked to being feminine. That's why I'm going off tangent. But my point is that women, men are built, so men have to go through challenge to become strong and powerful, to become a man. Feminine is the exact opposite, actually. And in the scriptures, they say that feminine, female power has to be preserved. So women, we drain our female power by engaging too much into doing, in too much action, being in a masculine state. And modern lifestyle actually provokes us into being in a masculine state because almost everything we do 
like even you and I right now, you are in a more masculine state because you provide the structure. Feminine is more about flowing and free flowing, and it's it's uh, it has no structure, no direction. It's the space, it's the field. So masculine is what gives you that direction. It's about accomplishments, it's about results. And so how women today, why we lose a lot of our power, which is our health and our beauty, is through draining our energy. And it gets drained, as I said, by being in a masculine space, by being engaged predominantly in masculine activities, making decisions, um, being responsible for results, which is a lot of the corporate jobs, right? It's, it's running a business. It's definitely a very masculine way of being. And it drains our energy and it ages women prematurely. So ageless beauty is about recapping that feminine energy and being conscious of how we lose it and being conscious of how we can recharge it. And it's basically recharged through, I know that we cannot escape the modern age. I know that if if you want to be successful in business, there's certain boundaries. You have to go after certain goals and it requires your masculine edge. But being conscious is already a good start because then you can take time to recharge. And some of the... uh, recharging is is basically in being still (laughs) feminine energy is passive so what you were describing early on contemplating a tree like just being and sucking on the sun just uh, you know contemplating dream dreaming for some women it's about uh, taking a bath going to massage really being involved in feminine activities that recharge your body shopping could be a very feminine it's not my thing but it is for a lot of women so just giving yourself permission to recharge back to to charge fill your cup with Mm -hmm. feminine energy pleasure pleasure is a very feminine thing we we're more sensual we we like to experience pleasure so ageless beauty came out of that being conscious of how because if you pay attention and you start to notice women who are constantly on the go and on the and, and they discharge their feminine power you would notice that they could be really beautiful women but they're drained like it's it's almost like uh, there's no juice inside us well, I, I saw it on myself when I was running a business I I, I start to look like a prune <laughs> I was younger but I looked more drained. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you can feel that for sure. Like your own I energy. Can feel and, it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can feel it and you can see it on women. And it's not our fault, but life pushes us and we're totally unaware of what it does to us. So ageless beauty, uh, I think is something that we can embrace as a philosophy and an idea. And then I support it by, Again, drawing from ancient um, practices, some of uh, the practices that they had in China and India about skin rejuvenation and, you know, 
different massages. Pilates, as you know, I, I taught Pilates in yoga for years, dance. Those are all feminine ways of keeping healthy and keeping fit. And keep, uh, uh, going to the gym is a totally masculine way to stay healthy and fit. So if women are inspired, it's actually a good way to kick your masculine edge. I remember when I was in business, it gave me a lot of power to go to the gym, get charged. Like I, I feel raw, raw. Yeah. Yeah. Bring it on. It's totally masculine <laughs> energy, right? <laughs> so if you want to recharge and, you know, rejuvenate your beauty, you want to stay more on the feminine side. You want to be less on the go, less pushing, less pulling and, Feminine energy is magnetic. It's it's like, you know, it's it's a really easy analogy. Nature doesn't lie, right? So look at our sexuality. It's like the egg and the sperm. The egg doesn't go chasing. It has nothing to prove. It knows the only job of the egg is to, you know, to rejuvenate yourself, to be full of nutrients. So when it meets the sperm, it creates a healthy child. So it's the same with men and women, if you think about it, that the job of the woman is to, you know, rejuvenate and then stay healthy and stay. And the, the program that uh, I run with Female Power, is a, a, a lot of the interest in women is how to attract um how to attract the right partner. So women often go and search for partner. It's not their job to search for partner. Their job is to become the best of who they are. Then the right partner will find them. Men are attracted to a woman who is full of femininity and it's, it's like, you know, it's ripe with juice and, and it's attractive to them. So women who know how to use their femininity and they're full of female power you can see that at any age they're actually full of vitality they're they're vibrant they look alive and juicy juicy that's what it's about (laughs) juicy is a really powerful word you know yes it is especially in this context I, i get that from men because men know it's almost like you know what a woman is to a man is what fruit is to us like women we enjoy our senses so when you see a nice ripe pear you want to bite it right like you want the pear to be juicy you don't want the pear to be um hard (laughs) and that's i i get actually because my program, as I said, is a lot of it has to do with um, feminine, masculine attraction and, you know, relationships and how do you, um, how do you, how, do, how, how, how does passion work? How do, you know, the, the attraction between men and women? So I've interviewed a lot of men and I realized that we as women, we totally don't understand what is it that attracts them to us. We are wasting all this time on, you know, makeup and plastic surgery and (laughs) busting our asses at the gym. And what men really want is our feminine energy. That's what's attractive to them. Hmm. And, well, I think of my, you know, I'm 
30 years with Cliff. And I know that he told me he was attracted to me. I was traveling the world. I was very independent. I had my own business, but I was very creative in everything I did. And so when he met me, he, he loved that about me, that, that I was up to like, do you want to travel somewhere next month? Where do you want to go? Kind of thing. We did that right at the beginning. We just, you know, at that time it was Mexico and we were gone the next month. Yeah, let's go to Mexico. Let's go explore that. It was really about for myself and what he liked was the, the whole, he liked my independence, but he also loved that I was open for adventure, which is one yes. of my key values. It's and freedom, that freedom, freedom to, totally, to, yes. to do anything you want at any time. But these men are using words like vibrant, juicy, the men that you interviewed. Yes. And that's what they're dreaming about. Wow. Yeah. That's very, very cool. I can understand the vibrancy and, and versus someone being really tired and, and working. Because again, in my own business, uh, as you said earlier, the masculine is I, I'm putting together this show. But behind the scenes, there's so much creativity that I get to add into the show. And that's fun for me the fun part, mm. the editing and everything's more the masculine again, that, that has to be done. Right. The creative yeah. energy with this is like writing and interviewing and us having this heartfelt conversation and sharing yes. for other people to walk away that they might not know this way of being. And they walk away with some inspiration and, and empowerment yes. in that sense to live their best life on their terms. And that's exactly the point. You cannot escape in this life today. If you want to produce something you cannot just be in a feminine state you need to embrace your masculine side in order to create something package it and bring it to the world yes. but it comes down to having healthy balance i guess so like you said mm -hmm. right now you are in a leadership mode in this interview but then i will be in a leadership mode in my business and it's just about being conscious uh, ideally, they say a woman should spend about 75% being involved in a masculine, in a feminine, because we're women, right? Like, why did we come in a female body? If we wanted to be a man, we would have chosen to come to this lifetime in a masculine body. So a woman ideally want to have 25% of her time spent in masculine activity and 75% in feminine. And we all have within us either way, we all have the female male within each one of us. Totally. Yes, absolutely. And when you talked about the consciousness, this, this show is about globally, this movement that I, that I have my vision for that connects up heart-centered people who are consciously creating their lives. And I believe that together we can raise the consciousness of, for each other, but for the greater good of humanity and our planet. So not only at this time, I believe that as a, it's part of my whole core. That's my message I want to get out. Yes. Daniela, you have this Wines in Castles, Adventures in Wine with Style. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, this is the initial trips that we started when uh, we first started traveling more to Italy. I was so taken by the lifestyle in Italy. And uh, I asked Massimo if we could introduce that to others. But I've always been attracted to the extraordinary because you can come to Italy and you can travel and you can book a trip with an agency. But I wanted to show people the more, it's not even an extravagant way to travel, but Italy has a lot of castles that are 
converted into hotels and there's often a winery that goes with it. So we started putting trips together that are, there's activities that you can do outside of the castles, but it's mostly the accommodation is in castles and uh, wine, of course, there's different regions in Italy that each one is famous for their own wines. Um, I've learned so much about wines because of Massimo. I've always liked drinking wine, but I didn't know much about wines. And so it was really lucky that that was his forte. He was in the wine, food and wine business. He knew a lot about wine. So combining the two really works in synergy to, you know, educate people about wines and culture and at the same time create this amazing adventure in places that you wouldn't normally stay if you travel to Italy. I love that. We're going to put that link up for our listeners. So Daniela, could you share your unique gift that you're going to gift our listeners today? And I'll be posting that link below this podcast. And what is it called, the gift? And just tell us a little bit about it. The gift that I would like to offer is my signature program called Perla Nera. And Perla Nera, again, came out of my passion for female power. Perla Nera is Black Pearl in Italian. And I really like that name because every woman, I see every woman as a pearl. But often we don't understand our true value as women. And and the whole feminist movement, I think, came out of women not understanding that we were powerful already. We didn't need to be empowered because a woman is already truly powerful in a feminine way. And so Black Pearl is uh, even one step further, not just an ordinary pearl, but Black Pearl is very rare and unique. And I see that every woman is born with uniqueness we have it in us and we often forget about it we try to prove that we're something else we think we need to grow into being something else and we already are like i said women are born (laughs) feminine we already are everything we ever need to be is inside of us it's just a matter of unleashing it so the gift that i am offering is actually tailored to single successful women who are looking to, to, I'm not going to say find Mr. One because Mr. Right, because once you embrace your female power, Mr. Right finds you. Mm -hmm. And that was my personal experience with Massimo. When I met Massimo, I wasn't looking for him, but he found me in the, the most unbelievable way. So I think when women embrace their femininity and they become feminine energy is magnetic. So when they charge themselves, they become juicy. <laughs> I love that. I'm going to add that into they my become, vocabulary. They become charged. <laughs> They're charged, right? So in, in order for men to notice you, or not just men, opportunities. Like when a woman is charged, which means she is fulfilled and happy, she starts drawing to herself. She, she needs to be really congruent with her values and what makes her happy. So when we're true to ourselves and we honoring ourselves, we start drawing to our life opportunities, men, 
you name it. A woman creates the reality around her. And that's our power. Our true power is in being magnetic. So that's the program that I would like to offer to your um, audience, Moira. And it's uh, this is one of many series that I'm creating in the moment. This first one is basically helping women to reconnect with and to understand why is it that they might be attracting the wrong type of men. And it happens to all of us. The more women step into their masculinity, the more we start attracting the wrong type of men. And we actually can charge the men we are with. We can charge them. And it's it's really interesting because once you start to understand the magnetic forces that work between the feminine and the masculine and inside couples, a woman can shift the polarity and we can shift the energy in the relationship. I, I totally believe it that a woman is responsible. Like responsibility comes as a negative connotation because women will say, well, why should I have to be responsible? It's not that you're responsible. We have the power to do it. Mm-hmm. And that's I a totally different reframe. Yeah, we, we have the power. And then why not do it if we have the power? Like if we shift the energy, men have no choice but to rise to the occasion. I think that's interesting with that too, what you said with Massimo when he, in the way that you two met, because what I was saying earlier with Cliff, um, now that they're saying it that way, because I wasn't looking anymore when I met Cliff, I had stopped looking. I was, I had my values, freedom and good food and wine and travel. And I had things that were important to me, but I wasn't looking for a quote man at the time. And that's when Cliff <laughs> found me. And it's yes. and I had just come back from Europe. I had been traveling for a month over there and I was in this great state when I met him in an NLP course. <laughs> yeah. Thirty years ago. But isn't it interesting? That's exactly what I'm talking about. When yes. you're not looking, mm-hmm. but you know who you are and yes. you know what you want. Men find you and, and not only men, but opportunities. Like mm-hmm. Even in business, it's so powerful because the feminine power doesn't go after opportunities. We actually manifest opportunities. They come to us. I think that's a great and that, message. That leads to effortless success because mm-hmm. for a woman, success shouldn't have to come with effort. Work so, is not how we become successful. We create magic and miracles. That's the female power. That's beautiful. I, I Daniela, thank you for sharing all of your passion, all these insights and the studies you've done to share all this with, with all of us today from your heart and soul as a lifestyle expert, as a very good friend of mine and a person that speaks and walks her truth. And that really inspires other people. So thank you for teaching us how to step into that life by design and that life, living our best life and on, ter- on our terms. And much love, Daniela. Namaste. Thank you, Moira. My pleasure. I Mine really too. appreciate having me on your show. Thank you. Thank you. Namaste. Thank you for listening to the Heart Soul Wisdom Podcast with Moira Sutton. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please join our community at moirasutton.com and continue the discussion on our Facebook page, Create the Life You Love. You will be part of a global movement connecting with other heart-centered people who are consciously creating the life they love on their own terms. Together, we can raise our consciousness for the greater good of humanity and for our planet.